Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum. David Schuster. Schuster's in for Spiegel. Who's in for Espo. Who's in for Jordan Burnfield? Who's in for Grody? It's not Grody's show anymore, but he'll be here at 2 o'clock to talk bears with us. And on and on we go. So we have a texture as we were foundering about needing a producer to help us about Michael Walker, lefty or righty, and a texture says, 630 says, he's a right, you moron. So the morons thank you for saying he's a right. He might even be a righty. As it would turn out, 630 texture. And another texture, 708 points out, well, actually, before that, 224 points out that he's a Waka is a reverse split guy with his, he got the change up. So that's why you see a right hander like Al Mora in. I almost said Al Zamora. Love, love ourselves some Al Zamora. Albert Almora Jr has an OPS of 1.214 against Michael Walker. Only seven at-bats, but 1.214 against Michael Walker. So there you go. Well, here's the thing also. Joe Madden made up this lineup three days ago. 17 months ago, Which just so everybody's not caught off guard because we don't know what our job is. Still confounds by the way, me. By the way, can I go back to that? Joe Madden screwed up when he put... David Bodie in the lineup at the request, suggestion of Ben Zobrist. Why? Why do you say that? Because the reason, as we mocked, you know, the setting of the lineups three days in advance, mm-hmm. so everybody knows what their job is, the reason that became policy is because players said, they told Theo and Jed they were trying too hard to get that, to get that second or third hit and not not working the bat the way they should because they wanted to be in the lineup the next day. They thought that would make a difference. That's what they said. They said they, they were pressing because they, they weren't sure they'd be in the lineup the next day unless they got that next hit. That's lunacy. That's what they, wait, I don't tell you. I, I, that's why you have you, these lineups well, three days it, ahead. It's, I'm just, that's, it's stupid. That's welcome to millennials. Apparently. So stupid. What happens is Ben Zobris goes to the manager Good and, for him. and says, Bodie should be in the lineup. He's coming Look off a great game. You leave him in. They go with a hot stick. And that's exactly what they're trying to get away from. Now you've got players going back and thinking, wow, he did it because he's hot. I tried that last year, and even though I was hot, I got sat down. Now, apparently, the rules changed. After they changed the rules, Joe blew it. That's the wrong thing to do because you make your lineups. And by the way, 
Bodie, I think, went one for seven, and Zobris went one for two and drove in the winning run. Zobris should have been in there all along. That was really the right move. Listening to Zobris was the wrong move. No, it was not. Yes, it was. No, it was not. Joe blew it. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Well, he because he, he went against he, the policy he, they set well, down it's a to appease po- it's the, a the marshmallow policy. players. First of all, the lunatics never should run the asylum. That's number one, baseball or otherwise. They are. Well, they shouldn't. They are. Well, they, they shouldn't. Accept it. And that was part of the policy. Lineups three days in advance. It's and then stupid. Joe changed his mind. Stupid. Because Ben Zobris had a bad idea. What do they say in the open here? It's a keg of stupid. It's tapping, stupid. Tapping two kegs is stupid. And that's not <laughs> they. That's me. I said that. All right. So here's something. Anyways, Joe blew it. You shouldn't have listened to Ben Zobris. Actually, uh, Joe blew it? Is, yeah. he, is he now is, the kicker is, for the Bears? Oh, by the way, that, to answer another, yeah, I guess we, we, we did. Again, another reason why we suck is we talked about six of eight kickers that the Bears have missed, so we should give credit to the two who made it. One was Spencer Evans, a tryout guy from Purdue. Give he him, made it. Give him the job. The other is John Barron II. So those are the two guys he was signed earlier this week. John Barron is the fake news name Donald Trump would use That's right. when he would pass along gossip about himself. He would call in. I, it was definitely his voice. Under the guise of yeah. being John Barron, the yeah. publicist for Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe this guy's got a fake name, too. Well, it sounds like it. They should, they should have a kickoff today, those two guys. All right. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. You Darvish is pitching today, as we mentioned when we ran the lineup down. He's never faced the Cardinals. Never faced the Cardinals. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that. But even with the Dodgers, he never faced them. The Dodgers. Right. Yeah. An interleague player long. He has faced Arizona. You would think so with the Dodgers, right? He has faced Paul Goldschmidt. Who is the weapon that ought to scare every Cub fan? Goldschmidt went over four yesterday. Goldschmidt has been been prior to yesterday's game when he faced the Cubs, he had a point six nine nine slugging percentage, second only to Mark McGuire, eight thirty two against the Cubs slugging percentage. Paul Goldschmidt has faced Hugh Darvish six times and struck out all six. Times. Wow. See? I I brought you something. I, I paid off the tease, that radio tease. Something that surprised you. Maybe it'll surprise me. Do you think Joe Madden knew this three days ago? I think he did. Maybe. I don't know. Let's hope Zobris doesn't talk him out of that. But I was see, I'm I was worried that the way Joe Madden has been coddling you Darvish. That he would let him start the game and then take him out before he pay, faced Paul Goldschmidt. But Goldschmidt's having a really hard start. He's not that guy. I still think he's 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 he looms all season against the Cubs because of the way he has played against them. Anyway, I found that stunning. Not so much that Darvish has never faced the Cardinals, but six strikeouts. In six at-bats, Paul Goldschmidt is one, arguably the best player in the National League, or has been, 
Uh, he's going through a tough stretch right now. He yes. had the three-homer game against Milwaukee very early in the season, and he's not really hitting right now. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to some people with the Cardinals yesterday. Matt Carpenter also, and it's good. You know, the Cubs are facing these two guys when they're not you know, right. really hitting well. Um, Matt Carpenter is another one of those guys, along with Goldschmidt, not hitting really at all. I think he's under 200. And it's interesting. They gave him, I think, the two-year contract for 30-some-odd million. I don't know what the numbers are. Um and one of the th- prevailing thoughts was that one of the reasons why they gave him an extension is because the Cardinals, who have been one of the foremost teams in the National League against a DH, might be softening their thoughts, or at least they think that the DH is coming to the National League a lot quicker than people think. Now, the basic contract agreement is up in 2022, and you would imagine that it's certainly going to be front and center, but... A lot of people, including the people that I talked to yesterday with the Cardinals, think it might be in the National League as soon as next year, potentially. You know, really? Yeah. That's why would the players sign off on that? Well, Salaries because, will go up because a bit. because the rosters are be, going to be expanded. It's a trade off potentially. There's a lot of reasons for it. Anyway, the the thought S- uh, seems from, like a big give when you're talking about the way the when you still have Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell unsigned. For example, the players are livid about this, that some of the best pitchers in baseball aren't signed now. And and I can't believe they'd... What does that have to do with the DH? Well, you have to... You need, I believe you need the players to sign off on that. You, yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's a trade-off. They're going to get something. They're going to have to give something. I mean, eventually, that's what's going to happen no matter what, whether it's the new contract agreement between the owners and the players or something even gets you know before that. Again, if the roster is going to be expanded to 26, that's an extra paycheck, you know, uh, for a union member. You know, the owners are going to want something, and it might just be that. Anyway, the thought in St. Louis, or out of St. Louis, the people I talked to yesterday, is the DH could be as soon as next season, which sort of astounded me in hearing that. I, I agree. I had not heard that. I thought it might be coming, and I know that that was a big part of um, the Cubs thinking of protecting Schwarber. Mm-hmm. They love that There you hole. go. Yeah. So, all right. Did you, have you been watching Jeopardy? I have not been watching it, but I certainly am well aware of what this guy is doing. James, Hol- James Holzauer, Naperville, Naperville's very own University of Illinois. Professional gambler. Yesterday won his 22nd consecutive match. And earlier this week, it came out. I mean, when he started this thing, he was such a math savant that he would size his bets, his wagers, to form, to leave birthdays for his kids or a niece or his wife. Yes, he is a sports gambler. And there's a very, there, there is a, a um, thin line between sports gambler and baseball executive, the way analytics work now. So James Holzhauer of Nashville, uh, Nashville, of Naperville, he lives in Vegas. The, the story came out that he wanted to be a GM. He was so numbers crazy, so analytics driven, so that he so had these things locked. They led him to sports betting when he apparently couldn't get any interest from a team even though teams were all about guys like James Holzhauer. So it came out, and then this Thursday, 
Chad Hoyer, currently occupying James Holzhauer's position as GM of the Cubs, was on with McNeil and Parkins. And the end of the interview, Danny asked, Danny Parkins, who is, they had James Holzhauer on, and you're not allowed to reveal how far this guy goes, but this is far from over as I understand it. They had James Holzhauer on a couple weeks ago. Now they had Judd on. And this is the conversation about the the Jeopardy phenom. I don't know if you've been watching the local kid who's setting all of the records on, on Jeopardy, but he said one of his early idols was Theo Epstein and he wanted to work in a front office. Is this Jeopardy run a good uh, resume tape for your job? It's amazing. I was reading about that. I, read, I think um, so Allison Footer, I think, wrote an article about that today. I was reading it and uh, what a great story. I haven't watched it, to be honest with you. Um, but I've been kind of following it, and it sounds like this is just a uh, just a legendary you know, stretch of dominance. So you know, good for him. And uh, I read the article about how that's what he wanted to do, and how he's you know been this you know very successful Vegas gambler. And uh, you know, so hey, good for him. And uh, you know, certainly something that we all we should uh, look into because he seems like I mean, clearly he's incredibly bright um, and has you know great passion for sports. And um, it's just a great story. I'm happy for the the local kid that's uh, that's dominating like that. Hopefully, he keeps it rolling. Jed Hoyer, Cubs GM, on with McNeil and Parkins talking about James Holzhauer, the Jeopardy legend, as he has won 1.6, 22-day winnings, $1.691 million. That's what he's done. And I wasn't joking about sports betting and being a GM. It's all about an edge, a small edge. It's all about finding an inequity in the market. That's what Theo and Jed exploited Theo going back to Boston exploited it. Then they had to change the 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 loophole. Not a loophole. They found it. They they for people who weren't as smart, they had to make it even. They had to let people catch up. And they've gone about it in their own way, exploiting what market, what an edge there is. Um, I don't know if the Cubs could afford this guy now. I got <laughs> Well, listen, I I think it'd be a pay cut the way he's going right now. Yeah. Has he tackled any sports categories during his illustrious run? Have you noticed that? I, uh, one of them, I believe, was uh, I think the the answer was, and he had to phrase your answer in the form of a question. But the answer was um, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant helped this team. Um, You're and, kidding. End this curse. Yeah, too, I think I think he got a Cubs question, if I, I recall right. Way too it's been easy. it's been kind of a blur. I haven't seen every show, but it's been kind of a blur, and it's just been an ama- an amazing thing. The calm he shows as he just stares at the board, and you can see some of the other not all the other contestants, some of them are really have itchy thumb fingers, itchy button fingers. He's been amazing to watch. I have a programming suggestion. If Mitch is, might be listening, this guy he obviously, doesn't listen to well, this show. He knows it sucks. He's pretty well assured that it's not going to be false advertising. He maybe, doesn't know that this will be good. Maybe someone will tell him then. Yeah. This guy obviously is a savant in a lot of categories. I don't know if he's a sports savant when it comes to trivia. I suggest bringing him in here at some juncture and putting him up against our own Nick Shepkowski, who is a sports trivia savant. That's what they did. They, you're, seriously? When they had him on. Oh, it my was, God. Was, I, I didn't know that's that. That's Chris Dickens. It was Chef, a... Chef, wait a minute. What? They McNeil and Parkins had James Holzhauer on. On the phone, they, right? 
Yes, he was on the phone, and Chris Kampka Kampka of uh, NBC Sports and Shep faced him in Jeopardy. What happened? I I didn't know this, actually. Uh, James won. Did he really? Did. Yeah, because they had he just three, wiped the floor had, with with Chris Kemp as the Sultan of the staff. Well, then they did. They had three sports uh, categories and then two non-sports. And when it came to the non-sports, that's when he just well, of course them. he's going to wipe well, the floor. How did he do sports head to head with, for instance, Nick? Uh, Nick was actually in last for quite a bit. I'm shocked. Nick is a savant. A texter says, and yesterday he answered a question, what is suicide squeeze? <laughs> wow. I mean, it's unfair to give him any question. Now you're giving him sports. All right, when we take a break, as long as we're talking showbiz, <clears throat> we're going to take a break on Saturday Suckage. Schuster's here. This is Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. It's also the week that we we lost Chewie. Chewbacca died. But it's also the week that... David went into the theaters to watch The Avengers. He has a movie review. Yeah, I went in a week ago, and I just got out five minutes ago. Yes, it's a, it's a bit long. Saturday Suckage continues. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. And may the rolling scroll be with you in the galaxy far forward day. <clears throat> and it's also a week to mark the passing of Chewbacca. Peter Mayhew died. Yeah. Uh, Nick Swardson, I don't know if you know him, but he's a comedian. Nick Swardson tweeted, I never met the man, but I spent my life with him. Just heard about the passing of Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca. You never think about someone like that behind the suit, his thoughtful eyes, and the clumsy, graceful way he played the Wookiee. Thank you, sir. Love, my childhood. Hmm. That's a really nice tribute. Yeah. So, there you go. It's Star Wars Day. And that's our, as we walk up our showbiz segment here on Saturday Zuckage. David Schuster, Showbiz Schuster, he goes to the movies so you don't have to. And where did you go and what do you think, David? Well, the movie I saw last week was, and it was on the opening day, and I got such a kick out of this because when you take a look at see what times the movies are for the Avengers Endgame. Every 15 minutes. (laughs) Seemingly, I think, honestly, I saw it right down the street here, and it was either every half hour or every hour. 24 hours. It might still be that way. I mean, that's why they're breaking all kinds of records on top of so many other reasons. It was good. It was good. It was not only was it good, it was funny. And that's the one thing that the Marvel movies have had over the DC comic book movies Mm -hmm. is that they've instilled laughter and comedy into it on top of so many other things. Why did Marvel, why is Marvel's funnier than DC's? Writers, who's got this? I know, but I meant okay. What characters? What? 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 Which of the Avengers? Well, Thor in this last movie. I mean, you know, it was he was hysterical. It was absolutely hysterical. Um, but not you know the only ones. I mean, Guardians of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I love those. Chris Pratt among others in that movie. And Bradley the the Varmint Cooper. Yeah, great. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. And in the I Marvel movies. And they had Groot Jr., little Groot, right? 
I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. Someone said, I can't remember what other actor said, Vin Diesel's best acting performance ever. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. And I'm not going to give away too much of, of the, the movie here, obviously. Um, but it was good. It was really good. And I'm not such a fanatic as some people are who go to the Comic Cons and all that kind of stuff. Um, Were there people dressed as Avenger characters in your theater? No. No, there weren't, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were elsewhere. I will tell you this without giving too much away, and I don't think I'm giving anything away. You know, and the the theater was packed. I saw it, I think it was uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, and like I said, it was every hour on the hours, like Big Ben. Um, the, The laughter throughout the entire theater, I mean, you could hear it. Also, the crying. There was a lot of people crying. crying. Oh yeah, there. Were, but yeah. you can't tell us why. Well, no, I'm, I'm don't. not going to. I won't let you. I'm not going to. I'm protecting our audience from you. <laughs> There's a lot of people who were sobbing during the movie. Um, anyway, it was really well done, and kudos to um, I don't know who owns the whole Marvel. Uh, production. Marvel. It's Marvel. David, it's Marvel. Well, but there's uh, other, uh, the movie studios. Marvel Wynn was a baseball Marvel player. Marvel Wynn, I remember. He Marvel with the, with the Comics yeah. is what you're talking about. Well, the movie studios and, and the writers and everything Doesn't else. Doesn't Disney own Marvel? I think they do. They I think own they Star do. Wars. They own Marvel. They own everything. They're filthy rich. They just bought Fox. Did they buy Fox? Yeah, they have, they yeah. have, they have 21st Century Fox. Wow. Anyway, I mean, all the directors. It would be a good time to have Disney stock, wouldn't it? All the different characters I thought were really good. Scarlett Johansson, uh, Brie Larson, who's a late addition to the Avengers, Paul Rudd, he was really good. Uh, who else? Um, as mentioned, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Chris Hemsworth, I thought, was hysterical as Thor. Hysterical. As Thor, as Noah Syndergaard, right? Yeah. I loved Thor. I thought he was terrific. I love the movie. I thought he was he was a Thor Ragnarok. I got a, he, there was a joy about him in that role. Him and Robert Downey Jr. were the two most, for me, during the whole slew of episodes that stood out that I really look forward to seeing. Like I said, I'm, I'm not as big a, an advocate as some other people are who would probably will go see this movie five, six, seven times. Who knows? Uh-huh. But I, I just, you know, again, kudos to them. They had an idea to make a lot of money, and boy, did they succeed. That's their job. I don't think I gave away too much about the movie, though. That's their job. We have um, we have another piece of as long as we're as long as we're a showbiz segment here on Saturday Suckage. Let's. There's a picture that was tweeted out. Tom Brady tweeted it out. It's a GIF. He said, "Insert GIF of me yelling, let's go." And what it is is Tom Brady inviting. All of his former backup quarterbacks to the Kentucky Derby with him. So this picture is Jimmy Garoppolo, erstwhile Bear, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Castle, and Cliff Kingsbury. So they're with Tom Brady at Kentucky Derby. Now, Tom Brady was on Jimmy Kimmel. I saw it. It was hysterical. Okay. With Matt Damon. Yes. But part of it was... Jimmy Kimmel was marveling at the way Tom Brady has been such a, a team player financially. So we have that clip, Chef. Do we have that? Let's play that. One of the things I admire about you, I mean, obviously you're a great player and all yeah. that stuff, but as a teammate, you could, you should be the highest paid player in football, but you're not the highest paid player because you don't demand that. I think you're like 18th or 20th. Yeah. Shouldn't you be the highest paid guy? 
That's a good question. Thank I mean, you. Yeah, that's usually when I want to answer a question. I always say, like, that's a good question. But I think the thing I've always felt for me in my life, you know, winning has been a priority. And my wife makes a lot of money. So I see. Oh, good. That's right. That works out well. I'm a little smarter than you think. (laughs) Actually, it's a salary cap. Everyone, you know, you can only spend so much, and the more that, you know, one guy gets is less for others. And I think for a competitive advantage standpoint, I'd like to, you know, get a lot of good players around I hope the Patriots appreciate that you do that. I really do. Yeah, I mean, they do. I know the fans do. They do. I'm sure your teammates do. Yeah. And my wife makes a lot of money. Wait, talk (laughs) talk about a power couple. Boy, their accountant much. Uh, uh-huh. Their accountant must have fun doing their tax returns. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. But wasn't so, wasn't he at once upon a time the highest paid player? Sure, they all were. At okay, one time. so I mean, if he continues playing like he says he's going to play till fifty, he might be the highest player again yet. So at the the Paley Center this week, as we continue our showbiz segment, this is a very radio thing. All of us will love this. <clears throat> there is a picture of left to right. Tim Reed, who played Venus Flytrap. And then there's Lonnie Anderson, and she plays Lonnie Anderson. Is this now, this picture? Yes, and this is a picture of them now at the Paley Center this week. And then there is Jan Smithers, who played Bailey Quarters. And then there is Howard Hessman. He was so funny. Dr. Johnny Fever. They all look their age, and this picture was sent out by... Super 70s Sports, that website, Ricky Cobb, a local guy, Chicagoland guy, runs out with the comment, AARP in Cincinnati. <laughs> Isn't that great? So I know you're a boxing guy, right? Yeah. You big, are a boxing big guy. Big fight tonight. Big fight. All right. Tell us about the fight because I have something that is, that's at least real. I have something that's not real. Middleweight championship, Daniel Jacobs, the miracle man who uh, had a severe case or severe bout or whatever you want to call it of bone cancer that almost killed him about five, six, seven years ago. And here he is. Uh, he's got the uh, IB, I think it's the IBF championship, and he's fighting Canelo Alvarez, who you know is a long time and it's on Cinco de Mayo weekend, of course. So it's the middleweight championship tonight. Three of the four belts at stake tonight, and it's going to be a great fight. I'll take your word for it. You can get back to us on that I next will. week. Um, there's going to be, this has been in the work for some time, a Mike Tyson biography, a biopic. It's according to the LA, I'm sorry, the New York Daily News. Do you know, do you have any idea who's going to play him? This is like a movie? A real movie. Who was wow. going to play? Who would play Mike Tyson? A former. A, it's an Academy Award winner. I'll tell you that. It's well, been in the it's been in the works. I'll watch it for no years. matter what. I mean, this will be interesting. Um, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. He can't do that because he's uh, playing up um, uh, Apollo Creed's son, so it can't be him. Uh, Denzel Washington is too old at this point. Um, who's I'm terrible in names. Uh, Bo, Bozeman, the guy from Black Panther, is is that a possibility? No, not right. him. Help That's help me out. Chadwick Bozeman. The the winner is Jamie Fox. Oh, okay. Now here's what the, the they're still not sure. It's not been fully announced, but it's expected to materialize because um, he tweeted out. Jamie Fox tweeted out, "Thank you for the trust. One step closer. A picture with him and Tyson." And apparently Martin Scorsese has some 
movie technology that will allow the same actor to be all ages, all skin tightness, all skin looseness and wrinkles. And that's apparently how this will be. This will be pulled off, but a Mike Tyson story in for the big screen with Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx won the Oscar for Ray. I mean, he was he was great, he was wonderful, great. Yeah. So, anyways, thought I'd pass that along. I'll look forward to that. The bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats they host Ohio State, Michigan State, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Also brought to you by the Chicago Dogs. Baseball, hot dogs, fireworks—it's baseball with everything. Tickets now on sale for the Chicago Dogs, your premier minor league baseball team. It's opening day, May seventeenth. Fans will receive an iconic hot dog costume and set a world record for the largest pack i'm going to say this because it's in the copy largest pack of wieners in one location purchase tickets at the chicagodogs.com okay we'll take a break and when we come back david schuster is again going to try to explain what the bulls did yesterday he may not have a good answer nobody may have a good answer so i encourage you to use our phone lines 312-644-6767 if you the bulls fan can give us any kind of idea, any kind of inkling, any kind of theory about why the Bulls hate you by extending Jim Boylan as coach. 312-644-6767. Rosenblum and Schuster, Saturday Suckage, of course. Oh, and when we talk basketball, naturally, we have a Wake and Bake Club member, a new card-carrying member of the Wake and Bake Club. We'll get to that, too. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenwood, David Schuster, Saturday Suckage. Top of the hour, we talk to the man who coined the term the Maddox. Wasn't Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox did have 13 Maddoxes. His name is Jason Lukehart. Local guy who devised a formula and just called it a Maddox, and it was used in the Chicago Tribune. It was popularized. It was it was um, notable in Jason's hometown paper. In the meantime, <clears throat> David Schuster's here. He spends a lot of time on the Bulls' beat. He is here to explain <laughs> why. The clown college that is the Bulls, Random Reinsdorfs and John Paxson, would extend a coach who doesn't seem to understand what today's NBA is all about. So why did Jim Boylan get an extension, David? Well, you asked me that question in the 11 o'clock hour, and I didn't give you a good answer I gave you time to come up with an answer. Time has no good uh, answer. (laughs) I, I don't know. And as I said, you know, at the onset of the show, I don't know why they did it. Even now, it just doesn't make sense to me. They didn't have to. They could have, at, at the very least, gone into next season and, and with whatever draft pick they got, whether it's Zion Williamson or the number seven pick, whoever it might be, along with whatever free agent they would have reeled in with whatever money they would be willing to spend, then they could take a look and see what Jim Boylan, who had a year still to go on his contract, you know, how he was doing. So it makes no sense to me 
why they are going into this season extending him. And as I said also about an hour plus ago, the Cubs decided to, for Joe Madden to go into this season as a lame duck manager, and he's had success upon success. And so why the Cubs can do it and the Bulls couldn't do it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I see that there's a lot of people on the line. Maybe they have a better answer because I don't have a good one. I'll be honest with you. 630 Texter. The Bulls' formula for success is raising ticket prices while lowering expectations. Perfect model. So let's see. We asked people, uh, our phone number is 312-644-6767. We asked that we don't know why the Bulls hate you, why the Bulls hurt you the way they do with stuff like this. Maybe you know why the Bulls hate you. So here's Wade and Valpo. Wade, welcome to the score. Yeah, um, Jim Bowen was a good offensive coach. Um, he said he disagreed with me, your, your announcer, but um, I think he needs help in the defensive end. He could use help from Bryce and Bruce, too. Um, thank you for your insight and let me talk. Bye. Huh? Thank you. Bye. Could, can someone interpret like we, that? We got one of the extras that, from from we got one of the extras from the Water Boy. He said, I think that's what we got. He said somebody that Boylan, calling from the Bayou. Boylan is a good offensive coach and not a good defensive coach. No, he's not. And, he sucks and, and, as an offensive and coach. I, and I tried to explain to him that the reason you know Boylan was here is because he was a defensive coach. Wade, let me explain something to you. Under Jim Boylan, the Bulls were 28th in offensive rating in the NBA. Under Jim Boylan, the Bulls were 27th in defensive rating. Under Jim Boylan, the Bulls were a minus 7.9. That's 27th in net rating. And in a in a league where you regularly see champions put up all those three-point shots, the Bulls were last in three-pointers because he loves those mid-range jumpers. He loves that inside game that they played in the 70s, and all he needs to do is bring back Dave Cowens and Wes Unseld, and Jim Boylan will be your coach. You know, Chris Chris was on to something. When, when Boylan was first brought in as an assistant to Fred Hoiberg, he was brought in as the defensive, if you want to use this term, coordinator for the Bulls to basically – you know, help them defensively. Right, and, because and they, they fired Ron Adams, who might be the best there is. Yeah, he's the best assistant coach in the NBA. Yes, um, Gar couldn't get him out of there fast enough. The Bulls were not a good defensive coach, even as an assistant coach, Jim Boylan. They, they were terrible. Uh-huh. Terrible. So let's make him the head coach. So uh, because that's, And let's give him more years. Bulls fans, why do they hate you? Why? Explain. Mike in Highland, welcome to the score. How's it going, guys? All why, right. So why I'm do the thinking, Bulls, why do the Bulls hate you, Mike? Why do they hurt you the way they do? Well, because we keep letting them make money. They're making money. They're making money. And if it ain't broke, we don't fix it. Yep, you're right. As long as they're making money, you got that's the only way it's going to happen. Although, don't you make more money? I got to ask this question. I uh, help me out with this one. Don't you make more money if you win? Don't not you? if you're already your building's already full. You actually lose money. The Blackhawks, uh, <clears throat> Bill Foldwurtz never wanted to win the Stanley Cup because it was too expensive. How so? You have to pay players a lot more money. But you you get the gate receipts and the extra marketing. They already from- they had. Mike Keenan used to point out to me, and it took me a while to figure it out. He said, in talking about his time with the Blackhawks, well, we had sixty playoff games at home. Okay, I mean, you you point, point was to win the Stanley Cup. That was Keenan's idea of winning the Stanley Cup. 
All Bill Wirtz cared about were full buildings because they got to keep all the playoff revenue. 60 home playoff games in four or five years meant a lot to Bill Wirtz. He did not want to win Stanley Cup because he'd have to part with that money to pay champions what they were worth. And you saw what happened when the Blackhawks did win the Cup, and you saw guys who get paid. That would have not gone over well with Bill Wirtz. So as long as the United Center's full for the Bulls, they're not. What's the motivation? Again, I, I just don't understand how you don't make more money. It's more playoff games. It's more marketing revenue potentially. Um, the value, the valuation of the franchise, even though it's damn high as it is right now, would it not go up even higher if they were more successful? I, I'm going to have to. Again. I don't know what the numbers are. Why don't you ask random Reinsdorf to see if they'll tell you that you know, winning makes that much of a difference? I, I am going to ask I, that question. The I next do, time I run into somebody of that ilk, I'm going to have them sit down and explain to me how it is not more valuable to be a winner as opposed to being a non-winner. They're already in bad shape. Let's say that's true, David. Let's say they, they would be a considerable amount that would be reaped if they won. And it would be worth their while. We know for a fact, we, we know it's true that no big-name free agent, no great free agent has come here. There's no reason to think a great free agent would now. The Bulls are not in that discussion. They have not fashioned themselves into a post-Michael franchise that is attractive to the great free agents. The Bulls don't know why. Half the time, they won't admit it. They're in denial. They don't get they were happy to to be able to sit down to have a meeting to be used as bargaining leverage by LeBron and Wade and Bosch. They were just happy to be used that way. They're not going to get the great free agent. So they're not going to win. They have to be thrilled that the marketing that goes back to Steve Shanwald or Stan Shanwald as he was called in the lottery, they have to be thrilled that it worked this way because they're still filling the building for no apparent reason, for some of the worst teams they've they've had since Cornell David. Dalibor Bargarich were here. Cornell David, the Hungarian Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, certainly the track record supports exactly what you're saying. They have not gotten that premier free agent. They just have not. That's, that's a long-time sports discussion on this and so many other places. If they were to be fortunate enough to draft a Zion Williamson and he turns out to be the stud that everybody hopes he's going to be, he could potentially, or a player of that ilk potentially, could be the Pied Piper that opens up uh, the avenue for free agents to come to any franchise, much less Chicago. People will be dying to play for Jim Boylan, you think? Well, he might not be the coach at that point. I'm just saying. You think they signed with this extension to fire him if they got a really good player? If they got one of the two best players in the the NBA draft? We're getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying a player like Zion Williamson, whether it's this year or three years from now or who knows how far down the road. Listen, players want to play with LeBron James because they know they have a chance of winning championships. That's the way it's been. They've taken less money. Well, but it's been a track record. Mm -hmm. It was in Cleveland, it was in Miami, Uh it might still be in Los Angeles. I'm, what I'm saying is there will be free agents if they see that Zion Williamson is, and there's a lot of ifs here, obviously, mm-hmm. is going to be a LeBron James kind of player. Whether with the Bulls or anybody else, they might want to play with him because, A, it would be fun playing with him on the basketball court, I think, and, B, more importantly, they might have a chance to win a championship. 
So that might be your avenue down the road to get free agents to Chicago. I don't care who the coach is. Bulls are so far away from being a team that you, they're not, they'll never be the Warriors. I mean, you join the Warriors, you're Kevin Durant, you join the Warriors, you're going to win that title and win that title again. That's what you're going to do. Why Bulls does he are want, never going to be Why does he want to leave? Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant is going to leave Golden State after I, the season. Athletes at that level are weird. They have their own ideas. <laughs> that answers money, that question. Money means something. Ownership of whatever it is means something. We don't know the dynamics. We don't know what goes on in there. It could be a particular player. Like the, he, he and Draymond Green had, had whatever kind of... Words. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know if it was just words. Maybe he just wants to be the star attraction, the star attraction, as opposed to sharing the and wealth. And he is. He's the best player on well, that team. And if he goes to Madison Square Garden, he plays for the Knicks. Listen, the Knicks, and this is a whole, a whole other discussion, the Knicks can go from the dregs. They can go from the outhouse to the penthouse very quickly here, by the way. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, which has long been the rumor, they both decide to go to the Knicks because they have the money to get both of them, and they get the number one pick in Zion Williamson, a lot of ifs once again, but if they get all three of those players, they're going to go from the bottom to way up top. Maybe not the top, but way up the Eastern Conference totem pole. The Knicks suck worse than the Bulls, right? Yes, they do. Okay. Bulls management apparently sucks worse than the Knicks because the Knicks made sure they had enough money for two That's correct. great free agents. The Bulls didn't. They traded for Otto Porter because they would never be able to attract even one. So they traded for some middling forward who might be able to get them 16 points a game and be an option so they could be maybe the sixth best team in the East. Otto Porter, Why do the Bulls hate their fans, David? <laughs> we keep getting back to that question. Otto Porter is a pretty good, decent player, but I think that was their insurance policy in case they don't strike gold in the lottery because, well, yeah, it okay. was. All right. We'll take a break. We'll get back to why we'll, we'll get back to basketball therapy, why the Bulls hate you. But next segment, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to the man who invented the Maddox. It is not Mr. or Mrs. Maddox. It's not Greg and Mike's mom or dad, but it's a local writer, and he was cited today as, as the guy who gave a label to what Kyle Hendricks did. So we'll talk to him. After this, Rosenblum and Schuster, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. I think we've proven that. And there's still time to underscore that and make this a Hall of Fame Suckage show. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.